Chapter Eight of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eight, the letter box. It's a queer case," said Mister Bradbury to me when I reached the office that afternoon. Of course, I know Randolph Schuyler was no saint, but I never supposed he was deep enough in any affair to have a woman kill him, and so near his home too he might have had the decency to choose his lady acquaintances in more remote sections of the city that isn't the queerest part to me i returned what i can't understand is why that girl stabbed him she didn't know him now now calhoun she must have known him she didn't know any summers we'll say but she must have known schuyler a murder has to have a motive she had provided herself with that knife beforehand you see and she got him out to the dining-room purposely i can't think it i said and i sighed i know vicky van fairly well and she wouldn't you can't say what a woman would or wouldn't do but it's not our business to look after the criminal part of it we've got all we can handle attending to the estate and here's another thing i wish you'd do all that's necessary up at the house i always got along all right with randolph schuyler but i can't stand those sisters of his his wife i never met but those old schuyler women get on my nerves so you look after them you're more of a ladies man than i am so you go there and talk pretty when they want legal advice i'm willing i agreed i don't care such a lot for the sisters myself but mrs schuyler is a young thing ignorant of her own rights and those old maids boss her like fury i'm going to see that she has her own way in some few things at least she inherits half the fortune you know yes and the sisters a quarter each that is after some minor bequests and charitable donations are settled schuyler was a good sort as men go then men go pretty badly he was a brute to his wife i've been told he ruled her with a rod of iron and what he didn't bother her about the old sisters did that's neither here nor there don't you try to be a peacemaker in that family i know those two old ladies and they'd resent anything in the way of criticism of their treatment of their sister-in-law and if schuyler didn't treat his wife handsomely she's rid of him now at any rate you're a cold-blooded thing bradbury i informed him and i am going to do all i can for that young widow she'll have a lot of unpleasant publicity at best and if i can shield her from part of it so much the better all right calhoun do what you like but don't get in on the detective work i know your weakness for that sort of thing and i know if you begin you'll never let up bradbury was right i have a fondness for detective work not the police part of it but the inquiry into mystery the deduction from clues and the sifting of evidence i had no mind to miss the inquest and had a burning curiosity to know what had become of vicky van this was not only curiosity either i had a high respect and a genuine liking for that little lady and as mrs reeves had put it i was only too willing to give her the benefit of the doubt though i couldn't feel any real doubt that she had killed schuyler as bradbury said she didn't know a mr summers but she may have known the millionaire schuyler i had never seen anything of a seamy side to vicky's character but then i didn't know her so very well and the man was dead and who else could have killed him i went around to the caterers on my way uptown that afternoon and asked him as to the reliability of luigi and the probable truth of his story that a man 
frascini told me is as honest as the day i've had him longer than any of my other waiters and he hasn't never said or done anything to make me doubt his accuracy i believe mr calhoun that luigi saw exactly what he said he saw might he not have been mistaken in the identity of the woman not a likely i'll call him and you can question him this was what i wanted to question the waiter alone and i welcomed the opportunity i know it it was a miss van allen was the quiet response of the italian to my inquiry i cannot be mistaken i had seen her many times during the evening i therefore recognized the gown she wore of a light yellow gauzy stuff and an overdress of a long gold bead of fringes i saw her stand above the fallen body looking down at it with a horrified face i saw stains of blood on her gown where i interrupted what part of the gown luigi thought a moment on the lower flounces as if her skirts had brushed against the the victim when she stooped over him did she herself observe these stains yes she looked at them and then looked frightened and then she ran to the hall and you saw no other person near none and heard nobody i heard only the voices from the parlour there was much noise of laughter and talk there no amount of questioning could change or add to luigi's story it was quite evident that he was telling just what he saw and had no interest in colouring it to make it appear different in any way he admired miss van allen he said she was a pleasant lady and not hard to please if her orders were faithfully carried out he expressed no personal interest in the question of her guilt or innocence he simply told what he had seen i didn't altogether like his stolid indifference it seemed impossible there should be so little humanity in a fellow-being but i knew he was a good and conscientious waiter and i concluded he was nothing more i went home and of course was met by aunt lucy and winnie with a perfect storm of questions after dinner i begged let me get a little rest and food and then i'll tell you all i know but after a few spoonfuls of soup winnie declared i was too nervous to eat and i might as well talk well i will i said but look here you two to begin with i want you to understand that i'm involved in this matter in a business way and i'm also interested in a personal way and i don't want any silly talk about its being unfortunate or regrettable that i should be it's a business case aunt lucy as far as the settlement of mr schuyler's estate is concerned and it's a personal affair that i'm acquainted with miss van allen and i propose to make more or less effort to find some trace of that girl and to see if there is any possible chance that she may not be the guilty one after all good for you lord chesterton cried winnie i always knew you were the soul of chivalry and now you're proving it what are you going to do to find out things i mean i don't know yet win but if you want to help me you can do a lot indeed she won't declared aunt lucy if you have to do these things as a matter of business i can't object but i won't have winnie dragged into it no dragging aunt lou and nothing very desperate for winnie to do but i'd be jolly glad if both of you would just glance out of the window occasionally and see if you see anything going on at the van allen house that's all oh i'll do that winnie cried nobody can see me i'll keep behind our curtains and i can see that house perfectly well i don't mean all the time child 
but i do feel sure that vicky van will come back there and if you glance out now and then you might see her go in or out but it's dark said aunt lucy who was becoming interested in spite of her scruples i don't mean to-night or any night but in the daytime she is likely to come if at all in broad daylight i think aren't the police keeping guard on the house inquired my aunt only the regular patrolman he passes it every few hours joggles the doorknob and goes on if vicky is as clever as i think she is she'll time that policeman and sneak into the house between his rounds it's only a chance you know but you might see her and then i told them all i knew myself of the whole affair and seeing that i was deeply into the turmoil of it all and had grave responsibilities aunt lucy withdrew all objections and sympathized with me also she was impressed with my important business connections with the schuyler family and was frankly curious about that aristocratic household i was asked over and over again as to their mode of living the furniture and appointments of the house and the attitudes of the widow and the sisters toward each other it was late in the evening before i remembered some important papers mr bradbury had given me to hand to mrs schuyler and as soon as i thought of them i telephoned to know if i might then bring them over yes came back ruth schuyler's soft voice i wish you would i want to consult you about some other things also the interview was less trying than that of the morning had been several matters of inheritance insurance and such things were discussed and mrs schuyler was more composed and calm she looked better too though this was doubtless due in part to the fact that she wore a white house dress which was far more becoming than black to her colourless face and light hair i don't know she said at length whether what i want to say should be said to you or to the detective tell me first i said and i may be able to advise you in any case it will be confidential you are kind she said and her grateful eyes smiled appreciatively it's this i'd rather not have that that miss van allen traced if it can be prevented in any way i have a special reason for this which i think i will tell you it is that on thinking it over i have become convinced that my husband must have known the young woman and the acquaintance was not to his credit for some reason i think she must have forbidden him in the house and that is why he went there under an assumed name mr lowney succeeded in getting mr steele on the long-distance telephone why where is steele in chicago mr lowney says that he had to go there on the midnight train and that is why he left the lady's house miss van allen's house so suddenly really well i am surprised but go on what else did steele say he said that mr schuyler was with him at the club and that he mr steele said he was going to miss van allen's party and mr schuyler begged him to take him along and introduce him as mr summers it seems he had asked mr steele before to do this but this time he was more insistent so mr steele did it of course mr calhoun i asked mr lowney minutely about all this because i want to know just what circumstances led up to my husband's going to that house of course mrs schuyler you have every right to know and did steele say that was mr schuyler's first visit there or merely his first visit as mr summers mr steele thought mr schuyler had never been to the house before at all but may he not have been mistaken may not mr schuyler have known the lady previously oh it is such a moil but in any case mr calhoun 
it seems to me that further probing and searching will only pile up opprobrium on the name of schuyler and i can't stand it i am so unused to notoriety or publicity i can't face all the unpleasantness that must follow do help me to avoid it won't you i certainly will if i can but i fear you ask the impossible mrs schuyler the law will not be stopped in its course by personal inclinations no i suppose not what is it tibbets the last question was addressed to her maid who appeared at the doorway the sad-faced woman looked at her mistress with a mingled air of deference and commiseration the telephone ma'am she said i said you were busily engaged but it is some young woman who begs to speak to you a moment mrs schuyler excused herself and left the room and tibbets smoothing down her trim white apron followed another would-be secretary my hostess said as she returned i don't know how a report that i wanted one travelled so quickly but i've had three offered since noon do the schuyler ladies still object no at least they are willing but i don't want any except a capable one not so much experienced as quick-witted and intelligent you may as well know mr calhoun since you are to look after my affairs that my late husband was of strictly plain habits he was almost frugal in his ideas of how little womankind should be indulged in any luxuries or unnecessary comforts this did not incommode his sisters for they were all of the same mind but i desired certain things which he saw fit to deny me i make no complaint i bear his memory no ill-will but i feel that now i may have some of these things i am my own mistress and while i have no wish to cast any reflection on mr schuyler's management of his own house yet it is now my house and i must have the privilege of ordering it as i choose it had come already then ruth schuyler and her puritanical sisters-in-law had met the issue and ruth had stood up for her rights i felt that i knew the woman well enough to know she would not have taken this stand so soon after her husband's death except that some discussion or disagreement had made it necessary for her to assert herself i bowed in acquiescence and said i am sure mrs schuyler there can be no objection to your doing exactly as you please this house is entirely your own half mr schuyler's fortune is yours and you are responsible to nobody for your actions if not intrusive i will offer to look you up a suitable secretary i have a young woman in mind whom i think you would like i am not easy to please she said smiling a little i have a very definite idea of what i want who is your friend not a friend exactly an acquaintance of my sister's who is eligible for the post if she suits you shall i send her round to see you to-morrow yes please your mention of her is enough recommendation i want mr calhoun to do more or less charitable work this winter that was another of mr schuyler's whims to attend to all charities himself and to object to my giving anything personally as i shall be quiet and unoccupied this winter i plan to do some systematic work in a benevolent way i know this sounds strange to you that i should be planning these things so soon but the truth is i do plan them purposely because i don't want to think about the present horror i need something to keep my mind from thinking of the awful tragedy or i shall go mad it seemed to me not wrong to think about some work that should benefit others and to do this will give me an outlet for my energies and be helpful to the poor and suffering 
ruth schuyler looked almost beautiful as her face glowed with enthusiasm on her subject i realized how the nervous high-strung woman must be torn with agony at the revelations of her husband's defects and the uncertainty of his honour and morality and all in addition to the terrible experiences she was undergoing and must yet encounter i went home filled with a desire to help her in every way i could and though i went to my room at once i could not think of sleep i felt like planning ways to put the police off the track or finding some method of making them cease their hunt for vicky van i went down to the library and sat down for a smoke and a reverie and i sat there until very late after two o'clock in fact without getting any nearer a plan than i was at the start it was nearly three when i concluded that i could sleep at last i stood by the front window a moment looking over at vicky van's house across the street and a few doors down from our own as i looked at the darkened dwelling i saw the front door slowly open there was no one outside it was being opened from inside as i knew the body of mr schuyler had been taken away and the house had been deserted by all who had been there and that it was in custody of the police i looked curiously to see what would happen next out of the door came a slight small figure it was i felt positive vicky van herself i couldn't mistake that sleek black head she wore no hat or those short full skirts that she always wore she looked about cautiously and then with swift motions she unlocked the letter-box that was beside her front door took out several letters relocked the box and slipped back into the house again without stopping to think i opened my front door and flew across the street mounting her steps i rang the doorbell hard there was no response and i kept on ringing a veritable bombardment then the door opened a very little bit i could see it was on a night chain and vicky's voice said please go away no i won't i said let me come in i can't let you come in go away please and then the door closed in my very face and though i pleaded vicky do let me in there was no response End of chapter 8